We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for the Rami and Tim Show with your hosts, Rami Makhlouf and the franchise, Tim Allen. It sure is. Your new afternoon show, weekdays 2 to 6. Rami Makhlouf, Tim Allen here on 1250 AM, the fan and And plenty to get to this afternoon. We'll hear from Nick Collins. His conversation with the guys on the Wendy's Big Show and the Big Show Network coming up about 3.35. Brian Wood, our Green Bay football insider, he joins us for his first visit to the Tim and Rom, no, the Rami and Tim show, which will yeah. soon be Rami and the franchise at 4.45. And then Matt LaFleur will uh, hear from the Packers head coach at about 5.35. So we're, go- we're going with Rami and the franchise, right? We let the people decide. We just have to pass it on to the powers that be. Is that yeah, what we're going it, with, Tim? It has to be cleared by upper management. It'll be bounced up to the front office. And there's, you know, there's a coordinated and somewhat convoluted you know, process that goes through that thing. But I think it should be okay. And, uh, and, and we just move on from right there. Yeah, I got to say, Rami, you, you, uh, you start your day and sometimes when you dig into sports, you, you're uh-huh. really excited about it. You, you really are because there's all sorts of moving parts and, you know, the Bucks uh, are doing their thing and you got a big uh, Packers division round playoff game and the Badgers game last night that, uh, yeah, that didn't go well. I, are you kidding? Would, that was a 36 to what run? A 36 to three or something stupid? It was a crazy run. Anyway, um, I sat down at my battle station to, to just get in. For some reason, you know, Wait, was in a great battle mood. battle station? Yeah, because I've got, I'm just encircled in my office with speakers and microphones and guitars flying around and all these knobs and buttons and things. That's that got to be nice because, you know what my setup is, Tim? I'm literally um, sitting on my couch with, the tr- <laughs> with like one of those dinner tray tables and my laptop set up on it. That, that's how I roll, Tim. That's... That shows you the difference between Robbie Backlough, Tim Allen, and our our place in life, our level in life at this time. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that's that's not Uh where I'm going. But yeah, you're right. I I still own a desktop, and then I've got the laptop, and everything's everything's good to go. And then I reach over to do just a simp, the most simplistic mouse click, 
and I put my hand in a pile of cat puke. What? Cat what? vomit. On your desk? Uh, on the desk. On your mouse pad? Right on the mouse pad. First of all, you and I haven't <clears throat> talked a whole lot since I left town. When the hell did you get cats? I thought you no, had a couple no. I knew you had a couple of dogs over there. Love your dogs. Got when the, the two, hell did you get cats? Yeah. Got the got the two dogs. Just just love them. Love them, love them, love them. The cat, you know, it's he's been here the whole time. There's Jesse. Oh, Jesse. really? Yeah, and um you can cue the music, Evan, anytime because here's uh, here's what it comes down to. It it comes down go. to at a at a certain Start age. One one this. would one would think you would want companionship as you get a little bit older. You know, sure. There's yeah. my dog. Got my dog, and I know you're. I a love big my dog. dog. You know, my dog, and and then there's my, the cat. I, Tim, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think I would have made it through the last year or whatever this has been. In quarantine, out here, like 300-some miles away from the closest loved one, and no job and nothing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it through here with, with, my, with my head on straight without my dog. So I, I literally love my dog I'm passionately, and I hope you're not going to go and bash pet owners or pet lovers no. here in your little old man rant. No, no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm just simply going to give you my perspective on this. When these guys, when the three amigos are gone here, the two dogs and the cat, I, I'm just on record. I'm done with animals, and I don't dislike them. I love my dogs, and I love what this What is cat. wrong with you? No, and, what is and wrong I'm just with done. You? All the poop and the puke and the going to the vet and get, getting shots, and then you got to worry about them biting the Amazon delivery dude, and then we get almost what? sued, and there's a little old lady that the dog ripped her coat, and it's just... I, I'm done with why that. Aren't you, why aren't you puke. watching your dogs? Why are your dogs well, running free and, and, and biting the Amazon guy and the neighbor lady? Well, what are you doing? That's not the dog's fault. No. That's you, man. <laughs> I've been told that. That's what I'm saying. I'm a horrible, uh, horrible pet owner. Just an awful pet owner. And I so love them better. to death. I, I, love those, I love those animals. But just, I don't even want a gerbil. I don't even want a, a goldfish. I want no animals. In, in my later years. So there you go. There's my, my old guy rant for the day. Cat wow. puke started that That's thing. where we started the show. Yep. Tim Cat hates puke. animals. Wow. No, I don't. We're off, I to don't. A, we're off to a smashing start. You know, I was on the, uh, the Bart Winkler morning show today, and uh, he, had, he had a few bones to pick with me, Tim, and one of them is that the last couple of days, the first two days of the Rami and Tim show, soon to be Rami and the franchise <clears throat> We've gotten away with no no backlash or repercussions with starting off the show talking about nonsense for 20 minutes or half an hour no. and not getting to the sports. And now you just started off the show with Again. your rant about how you're done with animals and pets once the three that you have go to the, what do they call it, the Rainbow Bridge? Is that the what they farm. call it when our animals pass? I don't know. Uh, but... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we've been pretty focused. The other thing that Bart touched on that he really hit a vein with this one, Tim. I don't know about you, but Bart asked me like about how I feel after two days in the process of doing a four hour show five days a week. When they when I got this gig, when I got this position and, and, and I got the Tim as a co-host, I don't know about you, Tim, but like I didn't I don't feel rusty when it comes to the radio stuff, like getting the. The call number, the call letters out there, the phone numbers, setting up things, teases, all the formatics. Like, 
I wasn't worried about that. But the thing that had me up a little bit late Sunday night was like, oh, man, I have five days and 20 hours of content that I have to produce and create here in the next five days because I haven't done that in like, I don't know, eight, nine months since I got laid off. I feel like we're doing I feel like we're doing all right, though. I feel like we've filled the first eight hours sufficiently and have entertained and informed the people out there to the best of our abilities. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling good about the first eight hours of Rami and Tim. Yeah, and, and I, I, I agree, and, and it will continue. We have leftover. We have drip over every, every day. There's enough to talk about. And for those uh, that want to believe um, certain radio guys that say, oh, this is such a tough job. It's a lot tougher than you think. It's, 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 guys, it's, I'll just say this, and I won't belabor the point. It's not that tough. Sorry. I'm not saying anyone could do it. I'm not saying anyone could do it because some people can't. I can't do certain things, too. And I'm not right for certain jobs, but it's not that difficult. And when I hear radio guys tell me about radio, how difficult it is, and they forget they're talking to a 33-year radio guy, it's like, it's like, they're, talking, it's like they're talking to the drive through guy. They're like, oh, radio is so tough. <laughs> It's me. Hello. I'm right here. I've, I've worked in this business. I know what you do for a living. It's okay. Well, we can keep that secret if you want. Should we get to the sports or should we keep Let's annoying Bart? Because I know he's listening right now and, and, and getting red-faced that we still haven't gotten to the sports and probably well, we haven't won't called, hear anything about He hasn't come on the show. We called him. Evan Heffelfinger called him and he didn't pick up. So there you go, Bart. We wanted you on the show. Tim, do you think Aaron Rodgers has greatly improved this year, or do you think that the situation around him has greatly improved this year? As you watch, just just the eye test, Tim Allen sitting down and watching a Packers game on a Sunday or Monday afternoon or maybe a Thursday or this season, a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It could have happened any day of the week this season. When you sit down and you've been watching the Packers in the year 2020, has it looked to you like Aaron Rodgers is better than we've seen the last few years, or just he's got better players, better performance happening around him? The perception is is that he has picked up his game, and to a degree, you can look at the numbers, look at the uh, the uh, statistics in this thing, and and you could make that argument. However, I think the team and the system caught up with Aaron Rodgers. That's what occurred here, and he's been good throughout. He got a lot of grief, Rami. I think you were in Minneapolis for that uh, for that window of time where, my goodness. I was losing my mind as to how many people were hammering this guy. Like it was all his fault. He's losing it. He's on the he's sliding downhill faster than you know Drew Brees in the last couple of years. It just it pained me to even hear that. And it was done by, you know, writers and it was done by uh TV broadcasters, radio broadcasters, and I just did not get that. You didn't give him, number one, a lot to work with. We're seeing some receivers settle in. We, we are. And, and we're seeing probably a little bit of the best that he's had in the last few years, for sure. You know, Lazard and MVS is just starting to come along a little bit. Tanyan's been a godsend, or Tanyan uh, has been a godsend. So there's, there's some elevated receiver play, but there's also the system that caught up with the talent of Aaron Rodgers. And that's LeFleur, and that's implementing the new schemes and the new – you know, uh, there's so much that goes into that. I can't imagine what guys like, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have gone through this year to learn entirely new systems. Well, Rodgers in the last two years, Brady this year. 
but entirely new systems. And I, I truly believe this. I, I do think it's the team itself that has caught up with his talent. So you, you don't think it's necessarily been Aaron Rodgers because, I, and you're right. I was in Minnesota and I, I couldn't watch every Packers game. I watch football whenever it's on TV. So when the Packers were on, I watched the Packers. Um, I couldn't afford NFL Sunday ticket. Regardless, that's way too much info for me. But from the distance that I was watching from and the games that I did see or the highlights that I did see, it did look to me like there was a drop-off in Aaron Rodgers' performance. Not, and probably exaggerated by those in the media, both in and out of Wisconsin, both mm-hmm. those who cover the Packers every day and those who cover it from a national perspective. I did see... Some things from Aaron Rodgers that I wasn't used to seeing. And I felt some of it he brought on himself. He would hang on to the ball too long and take way too many hits. And that's why he's been dinged up the last two, three, four years. He didn't make throws that I got used to seeing Aaron Rodgers make. Both the easy ones and the ones that impress you. The ones that you look at and, and you go, whoa, not there's maybe two or three other guys in this league who could even make that pass. We we didn't see as much of that. And then there were simple plays, Tim. I remember two or three times where they had a third and short or, or even fourth and short, and they're going for it, and Aaron Rodgers has an open receiver in the middle of the field and throws it at his feet. That's not something that you got used that that we were used to seeing from Aaron Rodgers. So I did think that there were some things about Aaron Rodgers' game that that were off the last few years since he's played at an MVP level. He hasn't played at an MVP level or a level to be in the MVP discussion since 2014. So we're looking at three or four years where he wasn't the Aaron Rodgers that we were used to seeing. And I do think some of that was him. But it was probably exaggerated a little bit. Great piece from Mike Sando today uh, about Aaron Rodgers and the improvement in Aaron Rodgers' game and the Packers' offense and part of a series talking about the improvement in Aaron Rodgers' game and the offense. And I'm going to get to what the receivers are doing in just a second, because that's really the story here, Tim. It is when you see the numbers, because they break down the game tape play by play by play. And when you see the numbers of what the wide receivers were doing to Aaron Rodgers and his numbers specifically last year, but over the last few years, it is jaw dropping. But here are the other things. This is what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have done better. Other than the receivers actually catching passes. They're much better and and at a higher frequency throwing the ball when they're at the one-yard line. He has 48 touchdown passes this year. Eight of them are from the one-yard line. According to uh, Sport Radar, that's the most for any quarterback in a season since at least 1991. They ran 20 plays from their opponent's one-yard line, passed the ball 13 times. Their 65% rate on these plays was the NFL's highest among uh, 371 teams since at least the year 2000. They're doing a lot more play action, and Aaron Rodgers is very good at play action, and we're seeing that pay off quite a bit. And Aaron Rodgers has done a hell of a job of taking advantage of empty road stadiums with his pregame reads, with his uh, hard counts and everything that he's able to do that he normally can't do on the road. Those are the things that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers system, their coaching, are doing better. But, Tim, when you hear the numbers about the wide receivers – First, you're going to get mad if you're a Packers fan at what these guys did to Aaron Rodgers previous to this year. Then you're going to be real happy to see how these guys have improved over the course of this season. Do you think Aaron Rodgers has greatly improved or was it the wide receivers around him who all of us were bashing? 
Don't deny it. Come and eat your crow. Have those receivers who you didn't mm-hmm. want, you were mad that they didn't go and get weapons in the draft or they didn't sign free agents. Are those the guys who deserve the credit for the improvement in the Packers offense and Aaron Rodgers' performance? 414-799-1250. Tweet the show at 1250 AM The Fan. It's Rami and Tim, soon to be Rami and the franchise. And we're back right after this. a.m. The Fan. Coming up on the show a little bit later on, we'll hear from Nick Collins, his conversation with those guys on the Wendy's Big Show. Just heard the promo for them. They moved to the 10-2 slot statewide on the Big Show Network. Asking you right now on Rami and Tim, do you think Aaron Rodgers has rebounded and improved from the last few years that we've seen, or do you think it's the guys around him, the guys we all thought weren't good enough, myself included? I was watching the draft, Tim. I don't know about you, Watching the draft, watching the offseason go by, and watching the Packers do nothing to put weapons around Aaron Rodgers, watching Packers fans lose their mind over it. Wasn't that sort of the storyline, especially when it came to draft day, that they weren't helping Aaron Rodgers and he doesn't have enough around him? Well, it was not only that, but it was that in a really rich wide receiver draft. And there were a ton of there's a, and we have yet to see uh, you know this come to fruition with the wide receivers in the NFL, the rookie ones. Is the 2020 drafted rookie wide receivers? Some had down years. You look at your boy up there in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, that just broke out. And, yeah, he is. He's he's amazing. But you know, C.D. Lamb and and Jerry Judy and Rugs and Mims and Jalen Rieger and and there are. There are a lot of them, so it was it was curious as to why they didn't at least go for one of them. Uh, Brandon Ayuk uh, is another one. However, it's not just the names because it's the system too, and I'll tell you why. It was um, I th- I think in the Journal Sentinel somebody wrote a piece. I, I just got to it this morning, and it was about the relationship and chemistry uh, between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And how that has evolved to just a look, just that. Oh, they just had that, that story. Look. I was reading that at ESPN.com today. That's similar. That's ESPN.com. Yeah, yeah okay. you're right. And and it was, you know, it was a slow roll until now. It's just mind. They're mind readers right now. So it's not just the these guys stepped up. I think that's where the system, and the, and the working with uh, Aaron Rodgers on a regular basis, dips in. the the other The other thing I want to say is. Some of it might be a little bit of Aaron Rodgers because you're right. There, you know, you could break down the film and you could see him. What? How did he overthrow him? You see, it's just why just just throw the ball to him. There's other factors that go into that, and I think every quarterback misses a few plays a game. I do. I, sure. I think even the best they they all do. But uh, Rodgers was telling the story about how he knew it might have been a special type year. It was maybe the family night scrimmage or it was a, a you know one of the in-house scrimmages and he was rolling left and planted and and hit eq or mvs one of the two but just it's the way the ball came out of his hand on that one particular play that just said whoa okay it's something clicked with aaron Rodgers too so i won't deny that and he is playing better and mvps play better in their mvp years for sure but this is a, a Lafleur system that took just a little bit of time. Look at the look at the defense. Even now, you you had a, a horrendous 
rush defense last year. I mean, everybody knew it. Uh, you had, but you you were winning games, so that gave them some confidence. And now you look at it, where we're a year into this thing, sixteen more games into this thing. Lazard knows a little bit more. MVS outside of drops here and there, he's learning a little bit more. So uh, Tunyon comes in, he's you know getting into the system, and you know they all give these guys confidence, that's for sure, and they they'll speak very highly of them. But they also did about Jamon Moore, and they also do about other guys that have been here the last couple of years. I, I hate to, to rain on the parade and say it's both, but I would say it's a landslide more of the system rather than just, quote, the wide receivers just stepping up. No, I was just, I was just about to say, like, we, we pose the question as, do you think it's Aaron Rodgers or the receivers that have rebounded or, or improved this year? And, and the answer is neither one. I mean, you can't just pick one. The answer is probably a little bit more nuanced, and it's a little bit of everything. I, I said in the first segment, Tim, about how much more they're throwing the ball on first down, how much better or how much they're throwing the ball from the one-yard line, how much better they've been in play action, what Aaron Rodgers is doing to take advantage of empty stadiums on the road. I mean, there are a lot of answers to why the Packers' offense is so greatly improved this year. But if I, was get, if I asked you, Tim, how many, how many yards and touchdowns did the Packers leave on the field last year just on drop passes? Put aside Aaron Rodgers and the overthrows and the misses that we talked about in, in, uh, up until now. Just in drop passes, how many yards and touchdowns do you think the Packers left on the field in 2019? <laughs> I wouldn't even venture a guess. <laughs> I mean, you've, we've seen it. And we saw it, you know, what, last week or the week before uh, with MVS in a cinch TD. So I, I wouldn't even venture a guess. The number is going to blow your damn mind. In 2019, the Packers, and they went and watched the tape at the Athletic, broke it down play by play, left 69 catches for 1,281 yards. Come on. And 15 touchdowns on the field last season. Now, now, take that with the grain of salt that no team, no quarterback, wide receiver, core completes every pass that is catchable. You know what I mean? You, you almost have to expect some drops. But if even half of those, half of the 69 catches, 1,281 yards, and 15 touchdowns are completed, we're talking about a much different season for Aaron Rodgers individually, for the Packers' offense, for the Packers as a team, and how deep they can go. And by comparison, in 2020... 44 catches, 643 yards, and seven touchdowns left on the field so far this season. And after week two is when they really started to turn it around, Tim. I'm looking for the number right now. But it was after week two that things really started to change. Here it is. They amassed as many um, yards on drop passes in the first two weeks as they did in the next seven weeks of Mm. the 2020 season. And it's really been kind of smooth sailing since week three, week four, with these wide receivers and just not dropping passes, not leaving yards and touchdowns out there on the field to the tune of almost 70 receptions, 1,281 yards, and 15 touchdowns left on the field in 2019. That seems like a lot. That's brutal, dude. And no wonder. Like When you look at that, no wonder people were, were calling for heads 
when no wide receivers or no big-time tight ends were drafted in the first round or second round by the Green Bay Packers. It was warranted. It would, that, that anger, that frustration with the Packers' front office and not helping Aaron Rodgers was warranted, but what the Packers must have seen at the time, the coaching staff and their personnel department was, these guys can be better. These guys will be better. They're going to develop. They're going to take steps in their development. And I'll say this, Tim, even though I just said you can't blame Packers fans for this, for, for that anger and that frustration, take a look at the history of Packers wide receivers. And we can go all the way back to Greg Jennings. He didn't break out and really figure it out till year three or four. Donald Driver didn't break out and figure it out till year three or four. Uh, Jordy Nelson didn't break out and figure it out till year three or four. Devontae Adams didn't break out and figure it out until year three or four. To throw in the towel and, and give up on MVS and on Jamon Moore and, and on Alan Lazard or even on Tunyon, you, you could have looked at the history of Packers wide receivers and their development, just wide receivers around the league, yes. and said, maybe the Packers see something here that we just haven't seen yet. Maybe we should give them the benefit of the doubt and, and, and see if they will take that next step in their development. Most wide receivers, as, as you say, do take a little time. It's it just that's the way it is. The, the, the special ones, okay, they come out of the, out of the shoot and they, they just perform, and you've got just, just a stud right there. But most wide receivers in the NFL, we forget that as fans, that most of them do take some maturation years. And it's going to be a few years, two or three years. Hell, it wasn't, you know, I mean, the years are flying by, but if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Devontae Adams returning punts at one point? These guys, yeah, that's the so. way they start. They start on special teams, and then they start uh, grooming into what they are going to be. I would want to know what the league average would be per team in drops and yards and TDs left on the field because that would give us that a barometer. Might, but but might, it is a big change. That might be in this article. Yeah, it is a big change, 69 to 44 uh, in drops. And it's just they still, to this day, and I think most Packer fans would agree with me, to this very minute in time, should be in better shape at the wide receiver position. Should they, though? I think so, yeah. I mean, after, after what I just told you, after watching the, de- the development of these guys and seeing them get better, and by the way, Devontae Adams' problem earlier in his career, it wasn't that he wasn't fast enough, didn't run routes well enough, couldn't jump high enough or high point the football. Like he led the league in drops. Well, he couldn't hold on to the ball, and Packers fans were ready to give up on him and dump him. And I'm just saying, like, when, when you see this pattern time and time and time again, while in the moment I get your frustration and that they didn't bolster the wide receiver core and help Aaron Rodgers more, like, maybe we all, myself included, should have taken a step back and said, well, maybe they don't need wide receivers because the – the fastest and best way and the way that you'll get the most improvement, and this doesn't just go for football, Tim, from one season to the next is internal improvement, is by development and guys taking steps in their development and their growth. You're only going to get so much from outside the organization. You're only going to get so much from free agents. Draft picks are only going to make so much impact. You're going to get most of your improvement from one season to the next by guys on your roster getting better. And maybe we should have seen, again, myself included, what the Packers saw, which is that they had a wide receiver core that, yes, wasn't performing yet, but they were young, and maybe we should have 
like I said, give them the benefit of the doubt and 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 wait and see if there would be this development, which there has mm-hmm. been. For sure, there has been, and and I I think a little bit more highly of this receiver core now than I did at the beginning of the year. But that doesn't that doesn't mean they shouldn't be better at the position right now. I mean, and Emmanuel Sanders, he's played with now four different teams. I mean, he, it, take a look at the 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 three wide. You can make the argument four, but let's go three down in Tampa. I mean, Chris Godwin. And here bolsters your argument just a little bit. Well, look at Chris Godwin's stats in 18 before he broke out in 19. Um, but it, could you imagine Aaron Rodgers with a veteran Antonio Brown? I'm not saying him specifically, but a veteran type like Antonio Brown. And then the bookends of Mike Evans and Godwin. He's dealing with one. He's dealing with one and, and a good one. But he's dealing with one. Look what Matt Ryan does. With a, even uh, an aging Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on the other side, an up-and-comer, he still has pretty good success, and the numbers would bear that out. So they should be in better shape than they are. And they're not in horrible shape now, but they should be in better shape. Devin Funches opting out, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if that was going to make a tremendous amount of difference myself. But I forgot nonetheless, Devin Funches opted out. I forgot he was a Packer, and I forgot he right. opted out. <laughs> right, and so I mean, just just a you know middle of the road kind of a veteran, just a, a guy that's been around. I, I think I think they'd be in even better shape, and and it then tells you, well, is Aaron Rodgers? And here's here would be the internal argument for me would be. If he does this 48 touchdown passes and doing what he's doing now in an MVP season with this, well, then it has to be him. That's the argument I'm having with myself, and I think that's the point here, is that, wow, if he's doing that with this, something had to have gotten better. What, what got or maybe better? This, or maybe this is better than what we thought. Maybe this has improved to a point where it's good enough. I don't. You just asked him what what the average is of drops and yards and touchdowns left on a field. I, I, yeah. That's not included in this article from Mike Sando. But uh, this number, I think, says enough about the point that you just made or, or maybe that point that you just made not carrying a lot of water. Their PFF receiving grade as a team was the Packers' second best in 11 seasons when Aaron <laughs> Rodgers did not miss extended periods due to injury. The 2014 team's uh, receiving grade was slightly better. He's won an MVP every time his receivers have had a have had a receiving grade as high as the Packers have this season. So think about that wide receiver core that had Driver and Jennings and Jordy and they had Jermichael Finley at tight end and they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. This receiving core, aside from what Aaron Rodgers does, when they give these grades, they're just what they're measuring is how how precisely do they run routes, their speed, their jumping ability. Their, and, and their their catch rate or their drop rate. It doesn't even include how, how much Aaron Rodgers is necessarily hitting them. It, it includes their performance when they get these grades is as good as that, that core that I just listed off, the Jennings, Driver, Jordy, Jermichael Finley core. They played as well this year as a unit as any unit that Aaron Rodgers has ever played with. Yeah, and then, then we have to integrate into this big equation Here's where analytics can, can get you in trouble because 
We have to integrate now into your pass block rate for your left tackle. By the way, you they have, have to... uh, th- three of the top five in, uh, in pass block rate on their okay. offensive line. You have to integrate into your strength of schedule with regards to the defensive secondary that you're, you're facing on all a given year. All stuff factors in, yes. It, and they all factor in, but, but it is pretty impressive that Aaron Rodgers, on the surface, it's impressive on the surface, that he's doing this with one kind of one you know, special wide receiver. One dude. I also think I also think you're not selling the dude short, but maybe selling the position short. In today's NFL, having a wide receiver as reliable and as good as Tanyan has been for Rodgers this season, and I'm not putting him in the same class as this guy I'm about to mention, but Travis Kelsey is basically a number one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. So I would I would almost throw him in there as as somebody who's part of that wide receiver core, et cetera, et cetera, that that is that makes Aaron Rodgers better than or makes his numbers look better not him because his performance has been there and guys have been just dropping the football but makes Aaron Rodgers performance look better from the tight end spot I don't I don't think that you can discount that especially with what we're seeing tight ends do around this league Tanyan included he the Kelsey deal you're right um in that did he not lead the league in receiving yardage I believe he did yeah I I'm not sure if that's where he finished. He was close, but I'm not sure if that's where real he close. Him and DeAndre Hopkins, I think, were were going at it. Um, so you do have to in- incorporate the tight end into the wide receiver, just the passing game itself. Pretty impressive that he does the 48 touchdowns and and just just looks amazing. I mean, that's well documented, and I don't want to get back in a love affair with Aaron Rodgers, but but he's doing this with again. Okay, you can measure them the way you want, and and I understand, and I don't want to knock anybody who makes a living crunching numbers like that. But I just I just marvel in the fact that what would it be if he did have the weaponry that other teams do have the at the that's at those skilled positions. And I think he might. I just think we don't recognize it. That's what I'm saying. We're really mm. late for a break, though. We got to hit it. And uh, you're, so Timmy, you're president of the Alan Lazard fan club. I'm a president <laughs> of the Packers wide receiver core fan club. If you want, if you want to coin <laughs> okay. me the president of any fan, I was already the president of the Aaron Rodgers fan club. Maybe just call me the president of the Packers offense fan club because I like them all. I think they're all doing a hell of a job. From Matt Lafleur and his staff all the way down to yes, Alan Lazard. Tim Allen, if that if that's what you're looking to hear. We got to hit a quick break. On the other side, there is nothing to talk about in the baseball world, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about right after this. It's Robbie and Tim on 1250 AM, The Fed. Michael Jackson in the rotation. I I like like it. it. Rami in the franchise, 1250 AM, The Fan, your new afternoon show. Part of a new lineup here on 1250. Did you hear? It's the Bart Winkler morning, or excuse me, the Bart Winkler pregame show. That was the other thing Bart took issue with this morning with me, Timmy, was that uh, we got our name on a show, and his boy Ryan Horvath is still doing the Bart Winkler pregame show. But the, I, don't ha- I don't have control over these things, man. I don't decide. <laughs> that is I'd put Ryan Horvath's name on a show. That, that's, not, that's not for me to decide. But 
a Steve Bartwinkler pregame show starring Ryan Horvath, which is what I said they should call it, at 5 a.m. every day, followed by the Bartwinkler show, followed by the big show, statewide, big show network, 10 to 2, and then it's uh, Tim Allen and myself, Rami Makloff, with you weekdays from 2 until 6. Hey, Tim, um, and I know that Liam Hendricks signed with the White Sox yesterday. That's that's a big free agent signing. But uh, why is the baseball offseason so dead? And and it's just become the norm now that the baseball season is so dead. And it just turns into just months of silence and a staring match between the players union and the owners and nobody signing anywhere until the absolute very last minute. No buzz, no 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 electricity, no nothing for Major League Baseball for like at least six months at a time in the offseason. How did we get here? Why is this what this league has become? Well, it made um, the acquisitions, uh, reacquisition of Jace Peterson and Robertson that much bigger. I mean, I mean, we, in, we, we have to make sure that we put this in perspective. You and your Brewers talk off for two days and you just had to get that in. That's, yeah. not, what I, that's, that's not what I was asking you. That's not and, at all what I was asking you. Part by the of, way, Carl on the South Side called the morning show today <laughs> saying that Tim talks too much Brewers. Tim hasn't talked to any Brewers because I've been holding him off till just now. Okay, say what you want to say about the Brewers. Go ahead. Well, th- no, but th- this is all part of it. It's money. It, it's, it's money, and it's, uh, it's, it's two-part problems in certainly this offseason why it's so quiet. And one would be the, the money aspect of things. Everyone lost a bunch of money, and, and we all lost a bunch of money, and they're no different than a lot of businesses in America that lost money uh, due to no, uh, no, no cause of their own. I mean, they, it's a pandemic, so we all lose money. So that's, that's one thing. And you don't know. It's the uncertainty of are we going to have partial fans? Are we going to have fans? Are we going to recoup some revenue in that regard? So that, that's part of it. And and I completely understand it. The other part is... Can I stop yeah. you right there real quick? Because I don't. Because I don't. And I I know. I, I know what we're all trying to make a living. And I shouldn't knock the wealthy for having what they have. They earned it as much as... Okay, but I, really, I don't want to hear billionaires crying poor, Tim. And I know Major League Baseball teams lost money last year with, with the shortened schedule. So they lost a lot of their TV contract. They lost all the fans in the stands and all the money that comes with that from concessions and parking and everything else. But look at the value of these teams. Look at the value of these teams and the way that it goes up every year. What did Mark Antanasio buy the Brewers for? Roughly $220 million. And how much are the Brewers worth today? A little over a billion. The appreciation 15 of years, these 16 teams, years. The appreciation of these teams makes up for whatever loss that we're talking about in a given year on revenue from the stands and revenue from TV. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't want to hear these guys. I don't want to hear about billionaires losing money. And at the same time, you look at the stock market, and while the rest of us have been struggling, those of us who go to our jobs every day and live in the middle class or below have been getting poorer, the rich have been getting richer. Billionaires have been stacking money during this whole crisis that we're all living through. So Mark Antanasio, if you opened up his portfolio outside of the Milwaukee Brewers, has gotten a lot richer the last eight, nine months, I'm sure, because he's a stock market guy. And you look around Major League Baseball and all 30 teams, and I guarantee you those guys have assets in their portfolio outside of Major League Baseball where they were still printing cash. So don't tell me about how much you lost and now you can't sign players. But I digress, Tim. Go ahead and finish your point. That's not how they got there. And that's the absolute beautiful thing about the country that we all love. 
is that you are able to go and buy a baseball team and then you can pay your employees what you want them to make. These guys run at different entities. I know it's, it's, it's all in their portfolio, as you say. It's all your uh, you know, annual uh, or lifetime wealth, if you will. But if, if most of them do, they run them as its separate business. That's got to make sure it takes care of itself. And, and, and in that regard, um, they lost a bunch of money. And so we all well, like have I to said, take even the, if you, even if the you business want to isolate, Even if you want to isolate their baseball business, again, the, with the appreciation of these teams, they didn't really lose anything. And they never do. When a team says that they didn't per- turn a profit one year over the next, I, every time I'll point to the value of the team and say, the hell you didn't. Okay, so if you look at the wealth of or the uh, value of the team moving forward. Yeah, it's just, like buying a just, house. You fast forward. That's when you make your money, when you own a baseball team. It's like buying team. a house. When you, buy, when you buy a professional sports franchise, it's like buying a house. You're going to pour money into it. You're, you may or may not turn a profit on it. You might turn it into a rental property and turn a profit on it, but you probably won't. You'll probably lose money and spend money along the way, and you'll get all that money back and then some when you sell it. That's an investment. Yes. So that being said, you're the house owner. So he, right. he, he, owns, he owns the team. Nowhere in, in, in his uh, ownership group did he make a deal with the players that said, we're going we're gonna to have a profit-sharing check. That's what we're going to do. And I've, I've received one in my lifetime, Rami. And all the years I've been employed, all the way back, I've been employed since I've been 15, outside of being fired a few times in radio, um, been employed throughout. And at one, just one time have I received a profit-sharing check. And this maybe is, a, is an argument for, for uh, an econ class, but uh, those guys, they're the owners and they're the employees. And if you don't like your job, then you can quit and go do something else. We can, oh, that's, we can, that's certainly the agreement between boss and employee. I'm telling you as a fan why I take issue with the way that, not the Brewers specifically, the way that 27 Major League Baseball owners are treating this offseason. Outside of the, the Mets and the Padres and the, and the Blue Jays, the 27 other owners have all essentially been colluding. And this isn't the first year. They've all essentially been colluding to drive down the market every offseason. Tim, this isn't new. This is just they have a new and better excuse to not spend any money and not sign any players. But this has been going on for three or four years now. We saw Bryce Harper, the best free agent to hit the market in quite some years. And now he hasn't lived up to the contract that he signed necessarily, but he was the best offensive free agent we see we saw hit the market in a while. And he didn't find some place to play till it was damn near spring training. Yep. Yep. And and, and that's I crazy. think they're 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 afraid of this CBA. And that's the second part. Pandemic's the first part. Uh, we can we can debate all day long whether they lost or made money. I, I think it's you know make money at the end of the day when they sell it twelve years down the line or twenty six years down the line. But then it comes to the uh, collective bargaining agreement, which is really dicey, guys. It gets testy in there, and they're already they're already going toe to toe and mean mugging each other. And so when you talk about Rob Manfred, he's he's made some mistakes along the way, and that might be an oh. understatement. Can we get one into of the, some of Rob Manfred's most recent mistakes after a short break, Timmy? We got to get <laughs> yes, to a break, but you just said yes. Manfred, and that's let's a do that for me. 
you almost just set off the Rami rant with just just that button, right? All you got to say is Rob Manfred, and I see red. We'll hit a quick break, and we'll tell you what that clown is up to right after this. It's Rami and the franchise on 1250 AM, The Fan. Rami and the franchise on 1250 AM, The Fan. Rami Makloff, Tim Allen with you. Coming up in uh, just a few minutes, 3 o'clock, we'll have the latest chapter in the James Harden-Houston Rockets saga and what it might mean for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's coming up at 3 o'clock. Nick Collins at 3.35. Saw this tweet yesterday from uh, Buster Olney of ESPN. Timmy, you just mentioned uh, Rob Manfred before the break. Well, Mm -hmm. the commissioner's office sent a dictum to teams... That's dictum. I didn't violate any FCC rules. That spring training is to start on time and clubs are taking it seriously and diving into their plans now. This does not guarantee it will go seamlessly or will be without pauses, but the camps will be open mid-February, apparently. He finishes the tweet with apparently because Buster just wanted to be a little bit cryptic with his tweets, which is good news, Tim. I want baseball back as soon as I can get it back. I want a 162-game season. I want fans in the stands. That's possible. I want things just to go back to normal and everything is hunky-dory. I do. Um, But how is it that teams are going to report in mid-February, and here we sit mid-January, Tim Allen, and A, Almost no free agents have signed, and Rob Manfred isn't doing anything to poke or prompt owners to go and spend a little money and generate a little buzz and excitement about his sport. And B, we don't even know the rules. We don't even know if there will be a universal DH. Yeah. That That's probably a big part of the reason why this free agent market isn't moving, Tim, because if I'm constructing a roster and a lineup... Yep. I need to know what I need. I'm not going to go and sign a DH if I don't know if I need a DH if I'm an NL team. It makes no sense that we're a month away from spring training and teams literally don't know how they should be constructing a roster or a lineup. That is, that's negligence from the commissioner's office to let it get to this point. This dude is a clown who's asleep at the wheel of a clown car with 30 owners in the back seat. <laughs> So th- there are a number of issues here, and that, that is definitely high on the list. And you, you can't – you know, the Brewers, uh, for example, they, um, they, they need that DH position because they're sitting there with Daniel Vogelbach. They are just they're, – they're hoping the DH is here. For sure they are. But I, I get what you're saying, and I, I would say above and beyond anything else, this CBA, the ending of it, the expiration date is later on this year. Uh, has has been you know on on the docket if you will uh for a few years they knew when the ending was and the the biggest problem i have with manfred and i have this problem with a lot of different businesses is communication and i just don't understand why we have go-betweens and we have the media that gets involved, and we all know about the media. They can mix and match and push and pull, and they can steer and spin and agenda, and they can do all sorts of things. We're all well aware of that. So we never really get the, the true uh, part of the communication that's going on. The communication has to be, let's, and the name escapes me, the chief negotiator for Major League Baseball, but let's get him together with Tony Clark, 
and start. Why didn't you start last year? Why didn't you start? Because you were too you were too busy complaining and swiping at each other through the media. Communication is is sort of lacking right now in Major somewhere, League Baseball. Somewhere along the way, Tim, and it's not just commissioners of of professional sports, but somewhere along the way, people started to misconstrue. Um, conflict and being stubborn and not willing to compromise with leadership and adam silver shows as a commissioner of a major sporting a a major sport that it doesn't have to be that that you can Mm -hmm. work hand in hand with your players union for the best of your sport and for the best of everybody like the pie just continues to grow for nba so everybody just keeps getting a bigger slice everybody eats major league baseball and roger goodell does this to an extent too Major League Baseball and the NFL, they feel like their owners have to be clashing with the players' union to to secure the upper hand the next time a negotiation comes around. And it doesn't have to be like that. Rob Manfred and the owners, by taking that approach, are really setting this sport back. I mean, they could be doing a lot, Tim, to grow this sport and grow the uh, the popularity of this sport, but they continue to operate like it's an us-versus-you thing, and it's really not. No, no, it's not. And and I can tell you this, I, I thoroughly expect this year something to be hashed out. There's going to be some bumps along the way. But April 1st, uh, I'll be doing, it is a final from American Family Field. And Brewers get a victory. It's 6-1 final. I'll take your calls and let's talk about it. I am not convinced. In fact, I would bet that in 2017, 2017, <laughs> 2022, uh-huh. there will not be an opening day post-game show I don't believe that there's going there there will be a work stoppage and I'll go you one further I I think there's a possibility of that this year and it has nothing to do with the pandemic I don't they, this they might year, just this this year would surprise me I wouldn't be surprised at the at the, the the possibility or probability of it happening next season I just I really I've I've been avoiding thinking about that and facing that because it, that that makes me really sad and depressed him. What they're doing to this sport and another work stoppage just two years following a 60 game season because of a pandemic. Like it, they're, they're, they're killing our sport. I know baseball is your first love, Tim. Baseball is my first love. And people sometimes roll their eyes at me when I say they're killing the sport. It's not going to happen today and it's not going to happen tomorrow, but there was a time where boxing was King and everybody thought there was no way that that could ever change. And that changed. It's not even the number one combat sport. In, in the country right now. So if, you, if you're rolling your eyes at, at, at me saying, and I don't know if Tim agrees with me, that they're slowly killing this sport, they're choking it out, to use a combat sport anal- analogy, just wait. Just wait. Let this thing keep dwindling. Let, let Rob Manfred keep on, keep on you know, posturing against the players' union and not really understanding the problems mm-hmm. that face his league and doing something about them. And let's see where this sport is in 10 or 15 years. If it's not behind the NHL and UF- UFC and whatever else might might be on the horizon. Figure, figure it out. I mean, I, I hate to be trite about it, and I understand that there's a, a lot of things that go into getting uh, all the owners together for a meeting and getting the owners. There's a lot of scheduling and what's on the agenda and what are we going to talk about, and then lawyers got to get involved, and do we, do we want to have a representative and, and things like that. But, guys, I just – and I don't want to preach, but – it's just you you have just sit down and freaking talk. It's 
I mean, I don't know. I, I as a as a as a straight shooter, I you know sometimes I don't like the 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 news I get from from my bosses over the years. Uh, but I definitely appreciate where we're at here. Get the guidelines set. You want to draw a line in the sand? That line should have been drawn in the sand uh, a year and a half or two ago. And we said, hey guys, just so you know. Let's start working on the collective bargaining agreement that ends in 2021. Let's get this thing. Let's see if we can get some bullet points to talk about, and let's start checking these boxes. Let's. Uh, are you guys good with it? Go back to your home markets. Go back to your GMs. Go back to your players. Make sure your players' union is, is all good to go on this. Have some conversations. But instead, we sit there and we yell at each other through the media, and we, we send scathing emails that are – Almost a hundred percent of the time leaked right straight to the media. Right, so. exactly. You might as well just send it to us. Just put it in my inbox. Yes. You know, you know where that thing's going. Just make me commissioner. It's sad. I'll fix it all. I'll fix it, it all. Just make me the commissioner of Major League Baseball. I put this out there before on Twitter, and, and I've said it into microphones. I will fight Rob Manfred for the commissioner's chair. <laughs> me and Rob Manfred in the octagon. Winner gets the commissioner's chair. We got to hit a quick break. On the other side. The whole James Harden saga just keeps getting uglier and what it could mean for your Milwaukee Bucks. Right after this, Rami and the Franchise, 1250 AM, The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 